sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. Emerson Boozer, he lives down the street from me. Why isn't he on the podcast? Well, we don't know each other. Jack Rabbit used to uh, live in uh, literally around the corner from my son. And this has been a segment of Obscure People No One Outside of North Jersey Knows <laughs> or Cares About. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome out to The Log Room. It is Wednesday, October 14th, 2020, as if you needed a reminder that it was still 2020. We are going to get started for you. Coming at you tonight, obviously, as always, Jersey Johnny with me, as always, is Radio Pete and Harry Lugnut. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. All right, folks, we're going to get right into it tonight. There's no need to delay. Um, let's talk about, let's start talking about the Giant game on uh, on Sunday. First, uh, before we get into anything about the Giant game, let me be the first to say this. As much of a Dallas hater that I am, uh, you know, best wishes and get well soon to Dak Prescott because that was just horrific and horrible. Uh, you don't want to see that to happen to anybody. Um, and uh, you know what? Go, bud, go go get better and come back even stronger, uh, and I hope you do. Uh, I, I really do. Uh, I don't hate you. Uh, I hate your owner, but I <laughs> I, I I I don't dislike you. Uh, you're you're a good quarterback, and that was that was horrific the other night. So, you know, um, get get better soon. Uh, you know, I'm sure you obviously already had the surgery. So, you know, recover, get back even stronger, and 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 we'll 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 see you next year. Um, guys, you have anything to say about that? Or you never want to hear it. See anybody get hurt? So yeah, you know, not like that. That was that was recover, get and come back better on another yeah. team, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's, certainly the league is um, yeah. more interesting. I think with Dak Prescott in it, and of course, being a Dallas fan, it's uh, pretty brutal. So uh, yeah, I hope he uh, gets better. But uh, you, you know, you guys look out because Dalton. Yeah, that's all, you that's know, all I'm gonna um, say. I, I, I agree. Top. I, I agree. I'll take him. He's way yeah. better than he. Like he's one of those. He's one of those backups that can do damage and. He's, I think I think Dallas is going to be okay with him at the helm. Carrot Top is a good too. quarterback, so I, I think I, they will too. <laughs> Somebody called him uh, a professional quarterback the other day, which you know, it's the first as year. opposed well, to all the course, amateurs that are out there. Right, that was kind of the first reaction. <laughs> but if you think about what they were saying, you know, there's a guy who knows the game, who had some success in of all places, Cincinnati. Right. He had a lot of you success. Know. He had a lot of success. Yeah, he went to some playoff games. They couldn't win any of them, but he was not a, a total failure. And uh, but obviously not someone they thought was going to take him to the promised land. In fact, he was and a guy like Burrow comes along, and you get the pick, then you make a change. But uh, I think Dallas will be fine with him, and he'll probably be rejuvenated with another chance with a different team. Sure, well, he's got it. Wants to show what he wants to do, and it's not like Prescott's coming back in a month, right? Yeah, he's, he's got the whole rest of this season. Here you go, Andy. Here's the keys. Unless you really fail miserably, the job is yours. Sure. So that's going to be a peace of mind for him. So, uh, you know, hey, they, listen, they might go, uh, might go seven and nine and win the division with him. Who knows? Right. Yeah. No, it's very that would be yeah seven and nine would be. I mean, just you'd win by seven games over the whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh... hands down they would win the division. They go seven and nine. No, no, no. Have six, everything six, wrapped six, up by six and a half because the Eagles are going to tie every game from here on out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, they're bad. Uh, you know? They're all bad. They're all bad. But um, 
That's horrible, horrible football in the NFC East, folks. I'll tell you what. Take all the quarterbacks in the NFC East right now. Dak Prescott out. Put in Andy Dalton. Who's the best quarterback in the NFC East right now? Andy Dalton. I would agree. Yeah. 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 That's that's a great point. You really – you could make a case, I guess, for Carson Wentz, but that's – no, you can't past. make the case. Well, no, not now. Based on past performance, right? based on yeah, based, past based on past performance, yes. But based on present performance, what's going on so far this season? Yeah, Dalton's the guy. Carson Wentz has that's... not looked good since he was supposedly an MVP candidate who got hurt, and then a better quarterback took them to the Super Bowl championship. Yeah, yeah. no, Carson Wentz is, is is not Andy. I would I would feel better with Andy Dalton if I was coaching an NFL team right, right. now with any of those other alternatives. Yeah. And, and he hasn't even played a whole game. No. And he's still, we're going to mark him down as the best. That That's, but that's you know sad. What? Here, here's, here's the thing. Let me tell you this. You, you, you mentioned Dalton. Let me, let me just say this. Uh, Dalton is a good, solid quarterback right now, as we just said, best quarterback in the NFC East right now, and he's a backup. But the uh, Bengals, you know, had to get rid of him because Burrow was available. And I agree with that. Obviously, yeah. Burrow is a better quarterback. You it was gotta, a smart move. you got to move on from Dalton, even though he's a good quarterback. you got to move on from him if you can. Maybe there's a Burrow. lesson to be learned here. Maybe. Exactly. Maybe there's point. a lesson to be learned. Exactly. Maybe I mean, you need if, to if move we're on saying if Dalton is a good quarterback. Is Look, yeah. I've always said Daniel Jones would be a great – he would be great to challenge as a backup right. in camp for some team. Right. And if he was, I think he would. I would be okay if he was Trevor Lawrence's backup. You know what? And the same holds true for the Jets too. I mean, it's both. It's both sides of the stick. Right. You know what? Even though Daniel Jones, you know what? Maybe you put a you put a brick wall in front of him and you get a, a, a an offensive line from the eighties esque uh, Giants uh, yeah, in front right. of him or whatever. Time, maybe maybe yeah. he is a maybe he is a utilizable you know quarterback. Maybe he will will fit the bill and do you know. What you need to be done, but he's not. You know what? Jury's out on if he's ever going to be more than that. But the bottom line is, I don't even think he's going to be that. Trevor Lawrence, you know, is a better right now in college, better quarterback than Daniel Jones is with a year and a half in the league, almost. And same holds true for Sam Darnold. I mean, if either of these teams get the first pick and Trevor Lawrence is coming out, they'd be stupid not to take the guy. Yeah, I, I would. I would just. Say I, I can't disagree with that, but I would just say you know have we really seen has the full potential of either Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold has it been allowed no. to blossom because they have not had the protection they need no. they have not necessarily had the tools that they need mm-hmm. uh, so I I think we're almost at a point I, I, uh, not so much with Jones but with Darnold where if they don't if they don't get a chance to become good it's going to be too late. I agree that that's a fair caveat for Sam Darnold. I don't think it's a caveat for Daniel Jones. I don't expect Daniel Jones to do, but he has done nothing. And for many of these games, he's had arguably the best running back in the league next to him. He's had some he's had some talent around him, and he's not getting hit nearly as much as Sam Darnold is. So, no. You know, Andy Dalton, by the way, is a three-time Pro Bowler. He hasn't yeah. been a Pro Bowler in three and a half years, but still... It's a three-time Pro Bowler with pretty good quarterback passer rating, and yes, he had AJ Green for a while there. But other than that, yeah, he didn't have too many weapons. Yeah, so he, you know, if Dallas can get back to their running game with with Zeke and control the clock, they got something going there. No, I, 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 
I hate going down the rabbit hole of talking about New York quarterbacks because the right. best quarterback in New York is in Buffalo. And, right. um, yeah. and, if, sure. and with these two young guys that the Jets and Giants are hanging their hat on, they're, they're just a result of bad management, bad coaching, and bad decisions on both for true. both teams. You know, yep, I, I don't agree. Specifically speaking about the Giants, though, um, you know, that game the other day, uh, just getting back to the, the Cowboys game, um, I, I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? And as, as, as big a Giants fan as I am and as, you know, crazy as I get about, you know, in general, not even Giant game calls, but these refs with, with these stupid flags, I'm sorry. I'm not going. I, I don't think I'm going. I'm, I don't think I'm stepping over the line here when I say that the refs handed Dallas that game. That, that was the Giants won that game. As far as I'm concerned, as bad a football team all around as they are and, and deserve to lose, they won that game. And, you know, if you just those those two touchdowns that were taken back by invisible penalties. I mean, they called they called uh, uh, illegal shift on Thomas. He wasn't even moving. <laughs> so I don't know how it was an illegal shift if his feet didn't move. And they called uh, they called holding on Nick Gates, who blocked one guy and stood there. <laughs> so I don't know who he was holding. Was he holding his crotch? I don't know what he was holding, what, the, what they threw the flag on. But there were no penalties on either of those plays, and both touchdowns got taken off the board. And then on the drive that Dalton was driving at the end of the game to go down and win the game, there were at least two, if not three or four, holding penalties. One of them was blatant holding. They, the, the, the offensive lineman on the, on the Cowboys threw the guy to the ground. Not one flag. No flags, none whatsoever. So that was a complete, obvious case of home cooking as far as the refs, as far as I'm concerned, as far as the refs go, uh, that I've ever seen. It was ridiculous. Thoughts? Yeah, there were some bad calls. But look, the the Cowboys should have let the Giants in this game. The the Giants' offense didn't explode and all of a sudden, you know, because, I mean, they've averaged nine points a game up until last week. They had, they had a 46-yard uh, interception return, which is great. Graham Gano, by the way, who might be the Giants' MVP. Oh, he already is. <laughs> is I mean, I, I think his leg just fell off because, I what did he have, eight field goals? I don't know. And and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Devontae Freeman <laughs> runs one in. Yeah. It's uh, Daniel Jones finally completed a pass in the end zone, albeit for two. But, um, well... He also lost a fumble, which went for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah well, you know, another and, another fumble. Uh, how much were the Giants up by? Yeah, a the lot. Giants Their were winning. Their largest lead was what seventeen? Fourteen points, seventeen, 14 to three. And, three. Yeah. and you know, I mean, it was uh, that second half was just kind of like a and a in a minute and in a no minute defense. and a half it went from seventeen three to seventeen seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> in a minute and a half, uh, and that but, happens. Yeah, no, that happens. Uh, but let me let me tell you this, um, Daniel Jones. Okay, he had two touchdown passes in week one. Week one. All right, this was just week five. All right, he had two touchdown passes in week one. He has had zero touchdown passes since week one. Their passing attack is horrible. Look, they scored 34 points. He barely got over 200 yards passing. If you're only throwing for 200 yards in an NFL game now as a quarterback and an offense, that they're not even balanced. They do, I mean, he did throw the ball, what, 35 times? If you're oh, yeah. only throwing for 22, 222 yards, no touchdowns, 
You're not getting. The, you're not doing your job. No, you're not. You're not. It's not like they ran the ball for 380 yards on the ground, and he was just you know being a clock manager. A whole lot of mediocrity that kind of added up to points because you know the Dallas defense is kind of a sieve. Right, exactly. It added up the yards, but it didn't translate into the points. I mean, Grant Gano still had a ton of field goals. He had five. He kicked five field goals. Five field goals, and three of them were from 50-plus yards. Yeah. You know, it's it's insane. And But here's the thing. Zero touchdown passes since week one. So four games, zero touchdown passes. Six interceptions. During I've, I've thrown way less interceptions. Than I've that. thrown less interceptions. Yeah. You know. Um, Although I, I don't between have any, the three of us, we've thrown six. I think. Look, I don't I, have any. I've said this from the very beginning. When when the, when the Giants made that pick, I, I remember where I was, and I just could not believe what I heard. Oh, neither could I. And I I have no ill will towards Daniel Jones. He seems like exactly what a preconceived notion of a of a, of a Giants quarterback should be to this management. Well, he's not even a good version of that, and I'm and I think that that type of quarterback. Unless you're Tom Brady or Drew Brees, yeah. isn't going to win in this league anymore. They had an opportunity to get better talent, and they didn't take it. And so, these these picks are going to hurt them. The Giants used to be really good at going into the second, third, even fourth or fifth round and getting really talented receivers. When a receiver was at, out of their rookie contract and they and they wanted too much money or they became a problem, the Giants said goodbye. Because they have two or three deep that would come in and, and, and fill that, that that role, they just haven't had. They just haven't been making good personnel choices. And, it, and the other funny thing is that the, some of these people that you see on the defensive end that you think, oh my lord, they are horrible. All of a sudden now I'm seeing them playing on other teams, and guess what? They're, They're playing pretty, pretty well. They're playmakers. They're living up to their to the hype that they had behind them. Yeah. Yeah, so no, I so, think I don't blame the players so much. I don't blame Daniel Jones. I didn't expect him to do anything more than he's right. what he's doing. But he's this, definitely is, this is arrogance and ignorant on the Giants' upper management, yeah. uh, an organization that used to be the best, maybe right up there with the Steelers and some of the other and the, and the Patriots as far as the best in making personnel decisions. And they've just they've lost it. And yeah, okay. until that changes, and and you know everybody was all hot on Joe Judge. It's, it's like the Knicks. The coach isn't going to change anything. I, I got to be honest with you, though. Right now, if I had to pick the the MVP of the Giants, no matter where it came from in the organization, it would be Joe Judge. Uh, you know what? I mean, and, and I'm not, and that, but I'm not saying that because he's an amazing coach. Jury's still out, clearly. But everybody else is that much lower than him. And I'm giving him at least the benefit of the doubt. He's saying the right things in a press conference. Uh, you know, uh, he's not he's not shying away from things. He's not getting aggravated. He's not he's not blowing up because he's losing. He's not shying away from questions. Uh, he's 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 making points of whatever his his uh, explanations of things are. So, you know, uh, you know maybe, maybe maybe the MVP of of speaking, <laughs> you know, uh, is, is all it is. It all it amounts to. But the bottom line is he's not he he's he's safe. Uh, as far as as far as that goes, at least for now, you know he's not going anywhere this year. I mean, they gave sure. they gave Ben McAdoo a second year. They gave Pat Shermer a second year. Joe Judge is definitely getting a second. No, year. I agree. You know, and, and, and so, he's also he's got a. You could be you know a first time head coach, and you come in and things go well, and your players stay healthy, and you're you know putting them in the. Uh, a good uh, position to win and everything goes well. And maybe right. you have some success level of success based on the quality of the players and all that. Uh, it's not always so easy. I think as a, as a 
first-year coach, when things don't go well, no. to always know what those adjustments are. You need a little bit of experience there. Sure. So, sure. I, I mean, I'm I, I somewhat expect... indifferent to him, but I would say certainly say you got to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But eventually that turns into excuse-making, and I think that's the same thing with Daniel Jones. Right. I agree right. with you, Harry. At a certain point, you just got to go, he's not the guy. He's it comes and, down and, and he's not, and he's not not the guy because he doesn't have the talent around him, and he's not not the guy because uh, you know he he hasn't uh, been uh, been able to develop. He's just not the guy, and he's never going to be the guy. That's yeah. all yeah. of the above. They don't have a lot of talent, and no, and well. you know, look, you can say what you want. Did Jason Garrett score points as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. Did he at least put the ball in the end zone? Yeah, a couple times. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the Giants hired him as offensive coordinator, and this offense looks pathetic. It's it's very anemic. It's very it's very it is pathetic. Uh, that that's that's the best word for it. And you know, I mean, there's a few bright spots. I mean, I'm not even going to go with the running game now. I mean, Saquon's obviously their main bright spot, but and that we're not going to see any of that till next year. Uh, luckily, hopefully. But when was the last uh, time Saquon had a hundred yard game? Last year, you know, I mean, last year he did, but uh, but they, they they just don't have they're just they just don't have the schemes, the talent, it, or the 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 right mix of chemistry on the team right now. Ingram is not is not up to the hype. I mean, he's he's good. He's a serviceable tight end. Uh, he's a serviceable uh, wide receiver type tight end. He's not a serviceable you know bull in the trenches tight end. He's just you know he'll throw a block here and there and then then get but do you you, know, over. Do you really he's need those tight ends anymore? You know. He's going to run around, but I, I got I will say this though, uh, Darius Slayton, he's a pretty damn good receiver. You know, uh, he's you know that that one one-handed catch he made over the, uh, the he's quarterback. Got, he ha- they season. have the, they have the talent. Yeah, it's just it's not pieced together in a way that says this is our system, this is how we play, this is how we're going to highlight our best players, and this is where we're going to put all of our effort into making sure that that happens. And it doesn't. Yeah. And the thing with Saquon is we don't know what this injury is. We don't know when he's going to be able to come back. Yeah, it might not be the beginning of next year. It might not be till middle next year. Yeah, and I, what is the lifespan of a running back these days? Exactly. exactly. Five years. Five, the- five years unless you're amazing. Yeah, you know. So I mean, Ahmad Bradshaw was a great running back for the Giants. He played what six years? Yeah. So we have one, maybe two years left on a guy who's now in his second injured season, and we don't know what he's gonna, what how he's gonna come back. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not. A and good that's game. what that's who we put all our cards on. And then speaking of uh, the fact that when I said before, Judge is safe for another year. Let's go over to the other side of the other locker room in the stadium. Now, now uh, for all of you Giants fans that are down in the dumps. Just remember, you're not Jet fans, and you you should celebrate that. We do know that. We do know that. We're aware. Although I think the Jets are, I, I, again, I'm biased because I'm a fan, but I think they're rapidly entering the kind of hangdog, I feel so sorry for them that I kind of like them territory. I don't right. know. You you give me some feedback on that. Maybe I, I, there, there certainly shouldn't be any reason for the rest of – the fans or fans of the rest of the league to hate the Jets because they've really never won anything, never right. been arrogant about anything. They're just sort of this stumbling pile of ineptitude that's rolling down the the hill, gathering snow. But uh, man, you want to talk yeah. about going from the I forget what the saying is the whatever to the sublime. The Jets are on the sublime end of things. Yeah, there's really, literally, 
no worse team in football right now. If you got, if you're, if you're a Jets fan, I mean, if you're a Jets fan that remembers uh, the 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 glory year, not, I didn't put an S on the end. Of it. I said the glory year. Uh, you know, um, you're you're in your mid sixties or older. You know, so uh, it's uh, and and that's and that's only if you were a, a fan when you were a, a kid. You know? yeah, if, so, I, if I had dex, I became a fan at probably five or six years old, and I missed it. Yeah, by a couple it. of years. Right. That's how long yeah, ago it was. Yeah, and the Jets really haven't been great since their entire defensive line had mullets. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 Mark, Mark Gastineau is uh, right. is not suiting up anywhere, or Joe Klecko. Yeah. Even, yeah. even with time, you can find those two somewhat charming. Jets haven't been relevant since people in their defense on their, uh, on their defensive line were, were in movies with Burt Reynolds, you know. Yeah. Yeah, hey, that was a heck of an acting job. I, I, I saw correct. that about a week ago. Did you? And right? I, I was flipping through, and it was right at that part, and I was like, "Oh my god, Klecko. Hey, Joe. Hey, Bandit. <laughs> yeah, Great like acting. they were buddies. Like Burt <laughs> Reynolds would hang out with Joe Klecko <laughs> ever in real life. Maybe just uh, like, "Hey, Joe, I need to, I need to leave, but there's kind of a crowd. Can you push the people out of the way so I can get to my car?" Well, you remember- sure thing, Mister Reynolds. Yeah. Oh, I got it. Yeah. I uh, just remember in the same movie he was also buddies with Terry Bradshaw and Mean Joe Green too. So, well, everyone's buddies with Terry Bradshaw. This is true. This is true. Just, I just read an interesting article about him at the. Uh, it was about how he survived in broadcasting, even though there were apparently multiple executives at Fox when he got hired who said, "Don't hire this guy. He's a disaster. He's a clown." Really? But somebody higher up than them. Said no, no, no! I want him, and uh, he survived. Wow. Yeah. How long has he been in broadcasting now? Twenty years? Many, many years. Yeah, so, he's a lovable clown. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Jets are terrible. They uh, listen. They've managed to stop us all from talking about their gameplay, and instead <laughs> focus on the even <laughs> uh, more hideous than usual activities of their front office. And the Jets are going to be broadcast on TMZ now instead of uh, <laughs> SNY and. And, yeah, uh, that, look, the, the whole Le'Veon Bell thing, this was just uh, this was a mismatch made in purgatory right from the get-go. And um, I, just a case of I blame maybe Mike never. Uh, Gase said it just didn't work out. Well, it was, I think, destined to never work out mm-hmm. um, because you had a coach who claims that he has no problems with the player, just doesn't want to spend a lot of money on a running back, which is – a philosophy that a lot of teams seem to embrace. So you can't really argue with that. But, you know, A, you don't say that out loud day one. And day two, when you're bringing in a guy who was such a big part of the Steelers' offense and you've got a young quarterback and you think, well, here's this great offensive tool that we can give the ball to 25 times a game. He can catch passes. You'd think you ought to kind of build your offense around that guy. You would Uh, think. You would think. But Gase is not that kind of guy. He wants to fit players into his system, and Bell is not his kind of running back. Frank Moore is his kind of running back. Right. And I'll just throw one other one little stat I heard the other day. I might have to paraphrase a little bit, but because uh, I don't forget where I saw it. But since 2019, uh, they talk about Bell's yards per carry is you know 3.7 or whatever it is. Uh, since 2019, amongst active players who have 200 touches or more, there's one guy active in the NFL who has a lower yards per touch than Le'Veon Bell. Anybody want to take a guess at who that is? Since 2019, at least 200 touches, one running back 
with a, a less uh, less yards per touch than Le'Veon Bell. Active player with less less yards per carry than Le'Veon Bell. Devontae Freedom. Nope. Todd Gurley. No. Uh, did not suffer a major injury since 2019. Okay. I'll give you a hint. Go ahead. You don't have to look far. Frank Gore. There you go. <laughs> All right. The guy they brought in has, uh, I think, at 3.2 or something like that. So it's not like, you know, they've got a great replacement for him. It's just a nightmare scenario. Uh, and it's just um, typical of the Jets. So uh, I, th- I think you're going to see him back on the field in two weeks. Somebody's going to pick him up this week, and he's going to be- he's going to the Patriots. Oh uh, yeah, is that it? You think? I why wouldn't they? I think he's going to go to Tampa Bay. Well, that's an idea too. I think he's going to Tampa Bay or Cleveland, and I'll tell you why. I think he fits in on both those teams right now. I think Tampa Bay, or I think New England, really, if they're going to spend money on people or try to get they need receivers they've got pretty darn good running backs tampa bay doesn't you know the fournette deal he's not healthy Lashawn mccoy has not really lived up he brady doesn't have that running back to throw it to yeah in tampa and if he had that he also needs somebody to, to kind of make up for what i think is a kind of failed experiment with rob gronkowski and i think Le'Veon bell could be a hell of a target in in that offense in Tampa Bay, and he's also a he can also spell what's his name uh, Ronald Jones running, and the other team that I think he would fit in on is the Cleveland Browns, and Cleveland is a pretty dynamic offense, and he would be a pretty he would be a different type of of option for for Baker Mayfield. I hate to say that because I don't want Cleveland to get any better, right. but. The other team, too, is, is Pittsburgh. I could see him on Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's I've been reading some of that, too. But I, I, I think with Cleveland, could he get enough touches to keep him happy and have everybody else no, have enough K- touches? Kareem Hunt I mean, is... Kareem well, Hunt Chubb's could, out, and, and who knows? He's out indefinitely. Right, but Kareem Hunt's going to get the bulk of the touches. They're not going to bring Bell in and sit Kareem Hunt. You don't yeah, know that. Been, they yeah, but they, they sat Kareem Hunt for Nick Chubb. Yeah, but Nick Chubb was there before Kareem Hunt. But what? But what if? What if? What if Kareem Hunt still had seventeen carries a game, and Le'Veon Bell had twelve carries and seven pass attempts? Not, you know, that yeah, would no, probably I mean, they be could, enough they, to make him happy. They could be a tandem, and that would be fine. I'm just saying they're not going to sit. They're not going to give uh, Bell, you know, eighty percent of the touches. I don't think there's down. any team in the NFL right now that's going to hand the ball off to Le'Veon Bell twenty times and throw it to him ten. No, I no, because he hasn't. He's got a prove that a he can handle that workload and and of course he's you know coming off uh, an injury too so and he really hasn't you know played in a while <laughs> right <laughs> well yeah he, he hasn't played since 2017 yeah i mean, I mean let's he be real played week one and did nothing and the previous season was kind of a bleh yeah, and, who, and who knows what's really going on there i mean boy pittsburgh just looks they keep they're, they're coming out on the other side of this with the whole debacle with antonio brown and Le'Veon bell looking like they knew something that the rest of the world didn't really know. Yeah, no, definitely. But Bell hasn't not been productive because of his attitude. No, he just hasn't been utilized, at least you know, by the Jets. I mean, and he was hurt. All right, so the Jets are idiots. I, I don't know. How do you just not get anything? If you know, even if you, I mean, it's, I know it's a bad contract, but so yeah. you eat the contract, right? You got to pay it. The money's guaranteed anyway. So just eat the contract and get a draft pick. 
I don't know how they got nothing, but I think that was part of the point is everybody was smart enough to say, well, the Jets are going to eat this anyway. Let them suck up the, the their responsibilities in this, and we'll sign them off waivers. Why, why should we? Draft picks are more valuable than running backs these days. Right. So why should you give up a first, second, third round draft pick but for Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, but you could give up a sixth or a seventh. I mean, I guess nobody really wanted him that much. Somebody's going to get him without having to do that. So yeah, well, and that was that was the case. Obviously, I'm sure Joe Douglas did chop him. I mean, you know what? I mean, we we can we can bust chops about the Jets all we want, but I, I you know, I, I'm sure there was at least an attempt to try and deal him to somebody. Oh, before. they tried. They were trying to deal him last year. You know, I mean, right now. I mean, you know, just like they didn't just make this decision after Sunday. Screw it, he's out. You know, they. they I'm sure Douglas made a couple of phone calls. I mean, he probably didn't like, exhaust everything. But, yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're right. It's, I, it, I, it is what it is. I guess my other question is, would it, be, would it have been so painful just to play him? I mean, mm. he's going to give you something, right? right? Right. So what's – okay, so maybe he's unhappy and he's, and he's liking tweets that say he ought to be traded. Big deal. You just, that's, you just let that water run off the ducks, the, uh, the ducks back. But I guess Gase is not that kind of guy. Like, what, what is the – you, what is what worse? You let him play and apple. get what you can get out of him, right. or to, you to, cut him loose and and you're the laughing stock, even more so than usual. When when he held out, was he not considered the best all around running back in the NFL? Sure, of course. most people. He was the best all around offensive weapon. I think you make that argument, right? And, and his numbers showed that. So obviously, there's a lot of things that happened since then. But yeah, this this goes back to our conversation about the Giants and the Jets. There is this stubbornness in their bad decisions and not allowing anybody to prove them differently. It's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. The, the fact that he, they lost him for absolutely nothing. It's, that's not as sad as the fact that because of whatever differences of opinion uh, and, and personalities that they were not trying to utilize him more. Especially on a team that, you know, uh, who are your offensive stars? Well, it's not like who, who who's going to run the ball now. Not not to be disparaging of anybody, but it's not like there's a necessarily a better running back. Oh, we can get rid of Bell. We do. We have this guy. Who who do they have that's better than Le'Veon Bell? Nobody. Nobody. So you're not making your team any better, other than from the standpoint of uh, satisfying apparently Adam Gase's ego. That's exactly what it is. That's, that's all really it is. What it just boils down to. That's it. all that's it is. So we're going to be left here looking at you. Know, we'll be talking next year about how wonderful Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones are. Right. Saquon Barkley right. decides to go someplace else, and uh, you know that both teams decide not to draft Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Well, you know what? The the Jets look at it this way: if 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 they can't bring Frank Gore back next year, they could always like go out and get Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I hear uh, uh, Tommy Vardell is looking to make Tommy a Vardell. comeback. Rodney Hampton actually wants to make a I comeback. I mean, they never have a back that runs more than two yards anyway. So <laughs> exactly. So. Just bring in one of those bruising touchdown uh, goal line fullbacks. Right. Well, they don't get near the goal line. That's uh, the, the Giants can't use them either. It's like, you know, the Giants don't get in the red zone. They just cross midfield and send the place kicker out. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of place 30 kickers. and kick. It's first down. It doesn't matter. We're saving time on the clock. <laughs> we're thinking we're going to stop them and get the ball back and get another chance to score before exactly. halftime. So we're going to kick a 51-yarder now. <laughs> right. Gano can do it. It's fine. Speaking of kickers, 
I don't know the guy's name in San Diego, but come on, man. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, when New Orleans tied that game right at the end of regulation, I just thought, well, oh, okay, they're going to win it now. And then when the Chargers took about 30 seconds out of the 45 or so that were left uh, to go about 10 yards, I went, okay, this thing's going to overtime. And then they had a shot, and they didn't get it done. I was very disappointed. Not just because I picked him, but because I, I like him and I wanted to see him. I like Herbert. Good I can't. I can't believe New Orleans. I can't believe New Orleans. Drew Brees showed a lot to me because if they lose that game, their season's done. That was uh, they. They definitely. Uh, that was a hell of a shot. Their grit. Just for your just for your information, it's Michael Bagley. There you go. There you go. So, I knew it was. Uh, you something. know what? You know what though? He did. He did get it. I mean that that should be points. I mean the way he hit that post. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, it's hard I, well, to do uh, that. And then I, th- I think he missed a, an, uh, an extra point earlier. He missed in the game. an extra point. Too. So you know, if either one of those things, and uh, uh, you know, a, a made extra point and uh, or a missed extra point and a doink off uh-huh. the post, and, and they end up going to overtime. And exactly, but you know what? And you know, if the Chargers win that game, you have an extra win. And, hey, you know, guys, I, I don't, I don't, mean, I don't mean to interrupt you, but this the breaking news just coming in: the Jets just signed Freeman McNeil for the rest of the season. Freeman McNeil, <laughs> he was on the coaching staff, I believe, right? <laughs> Maybe that's why he was already there. <laughs> I think yeah, they, they were sitting around in the uh, cafeteria, like, "What are we going to do now?" Freeman was over at another table having a bowl of soup, and they were suit like, up. Hey, What's just suit up, man? Curtis Martin wasn't available. So. Curtis Martin was not available. That was their first choice. Well, I could go talk to, um, I forget his name. Oh, uh, Emerson Boozer. He lives down the Emerson street from Boozer. me. Emerson Boozer lives down the street from you? Yeah. Why isn't he on the podcast? With he doesn't. He doesn't. Well, we don't know each other. Oh, Let right. me put it this way. He lives in a development in the town that I live. I think he still lives there. Uh, not like we're friends. We pass each other or wave to each other when we're out getting the mail or anything. I just, uh, I know that he was living there. I think he still is. When uh, when uh, Jack Rabbit used to uh, live in uh, in Jersey when he was on the Giants, uh, before he went down to uh, New Orleans and started committing pass interference penalties, <laughs> um, he used to uh, live literally around the corner from my son. So every day my son would be walking past his house, and he, ag- he actually talked to him. He actually stood there and talked to him. Yeah. Um, so. And this has been a segment of obscure people no one outside of North Jersey knows. Exactly. <laughs> or cares about. <laughs> All right. So, so the Jets and the Giants both suck. Their prospects are terrible. They're lousy all around, but the Giants are a little bit better. Barely, negligibly. I hope um, not. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk let's let's talk quickly about uh, a couple of the night games. Uh, you know, uh, who saw the Bears coming out like that last Thursday night? Uh, you know, I mean, I did. I mean, you knew that this game was going to be close. Oh, we said it was going to be close, but I did not expect the uh, you know Foles' special sauce to. Uh, right. You know, to uh, to look like that against Brady. Well, they say who, the fr- who, who thought Brady would have a senior moment? Too? Yeah, I was going to say know? the it's first thing that down. goes is the ability to. You know, he he also was at the stadium for an extra four hours because he couldn't find his car keys that were in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wait till they pull the old hide the helmet trick on him. He'll think he's lost it for good. You know, it, that is a, it's, that is a true it's too bad because happened. I think Tampa Bay kind of outplayed them, and I think. They had that that last drive wrapped up. I think they would have. I think they would have put the game away. But uh, yeah. Chicago's Chicago's not a bad team, and Nick Foles again. Pixie yeah. dust. Pixie dust. It's ridiculous. It's what not that just in Philly anymore. No, no. But he's. I don't know why. People, I don't know why. Though, he's got to change teams Foles once every two years. Anomaly. I don't know why. When he won with the Eagles, everybody's like, "Oh, Carson Wentz is a much better quarterback, and we have we can't afford to keep Nick Foles." And I didn't agree with that, and I still don't. No. Uh, 
I get it. Carson Wentz looks like a better quarterback, and for eight to ten games, he acted like a great quarterback. Sure. But Nick Foles knows how to win games. Yeah, well, I, but but Foles also at that point was, you know, sort of the book was kind of half-closed on him. He's okay, but he's not really the guy who's going to lead you to the promised land. And that since then, obviously, he's had this kind of resurgence. Uh, and so, but, so it was easy to say that. Wentz was the up-and-coming young stud, and Foles was kind of the older, second-string guy. But I think, given what Nick Foles has done in these past few years, uh, pixie dust or not, he, you have to kind of change your opinion about him. Well, he obviously owns Tom Brady right now. This is true. Which is sweet for every, 90% of the country. <laughs> Everybody uh, likes that. And speaking of night games, uh, uh, Vikings on Sunday night. Would you have kicked the field goal? Or would you have gone for it on fourth down? I would have kicked the field goal. I would have kicked the field goal. You know, I said that too on Sunday night, and then I thought about it on Monday. I, I'm not – I would have kicked the field goal. But I'm not going to disagree with Mike Zimmer. Not 100% anyway. I'm not going to disagree with him for uh, for uh, going for it on fourth down. What I am going to disagree with was the play call. <laughs> you know, I mean, these off-tackle plays are, you know, they, they work. Uh, unless you have an amazing offensive line, off-tackle doesn't work. Why do you continually do it? Uh, you know, you try it once in a blue moon. If you, get, if you sneak through, you go. But, I mean, they could have called a more out-of-the-box play for that fourth down that would have thrown – the Seahawks for, uh, you, know, you know, shocked them and, and, and gotten that yard, and, and, and there you go. But I would have kicked the field goal, but I don't necessarily disagree with them for going in on fourth down. I disagree with the play call. But, yeah, but they had a boatload of rushing yards in that game, didn't they? They did. They did. Dalvin Cook was amazing in that game. Yeah, he so, just, until he got hurt, he was just – you couldn't stop him, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I probably I, – again, I, I agree with you as far as the off-tackle. Down in the goal area – you know, you, you sort of have to watch for stacking the box. But certainly, again, you, you they were having success with the run, and I understand the philosophy. You don't play for the tie on the road. But uh, yeah. just kick the ball. So the, what's the worst thing that happens? It, it ends up tied. Yeah. Right. You know, and then you take your chances in overtime versus if you don't get it, well, and then you see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Especially going up against a team like, but the you Seahawks. know what though they kicked that field goal. They kicked that field goal. Seattle, Russell Wilson had to drive down the field, and not only score the touchdown, but he had to get the two point conversion too. And if it played out the way it did, he didn't get the two point conversion. Right, Minnesota wins the game. Right, you know. So and and, and ultimately, if you want to just say for uh, for the pure purposes of making a decision, well, it didn't work, so it was the wrong call. Right, and I don't right. always exactly. like to do that, but in this I case, either, yeah. I think because there's a good argument to be made, you know, on either side of the coin. Uh, there's a, there's an argument to be made for going for it, and there's an argument to be made for kicking the field goal, and they're exactly. both good arguments. And it didn't work out, so you made the wrong choice. And you know, I think Minnesota is a better team than one and four, and I, I still think Seattle is one of those teams that looks really good but can be beat. You right. know? Yeah. But at yeah. the end of the day, Russell Wilson came through. Yeah, he did. Speaking of teams that look really good that can be beaten, who was it? There was one team. I think they wear red. Who is uh, a four and one team? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, what happened there? Beaten by the Raiders. Are the Raiders? Uh, they're not. Are they that good? No. Are they? They certainly no. seem to be up and coming. Happy to have a new home in Sin. It's perfect that the Raiders are in Sin City, right? Right. But yeah. uh, what happened there? Anybody's thoughts on the Raiders uh, beating the Chiefs? Just a letdown. I, I think. I think the. I think maybe the Chiefs look look looked a little past them. Maybe. 
you know, I mean, it could be just be a divisional thing. I mean, you you know, the Jets could suck and. Well, I'm not going to go with New England, uh, but you know Miami could be playing good football and the Jets win the game, or vice versa. The Jets could be playing decent, Miami sucks, all of a sudden the Miami wins. We'll go that route because that happens more often. Right. But uh, um, yeah, thank you. What you call it? It's just a divisional thing. It's uh, hard to repeat. Everybody's out for him. I think Kansas City's a little exhausted. They looked not on top of their game. They had some, they had some games like that last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they they almost lost to. They, they, I mean. The Chargers were, were were beating up on them with a rookie quarterback. They just and they just got a little out of their 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 comfort zone of where they could come back from twenty four points down and with twelve. They start they started to come back a little too late exactly. on Sunday than than normal. So. Yeah, and I think you're right, uh, Harry. Everybody is after them, and when everybody's yeah. after you, they're playing their best football at whatever level uh, you know supposedly at whatever level that is they might be you know a c level team but they're playing their best maybe they're playing c plus ball or b b ball and if you're the chiefs you really kind of have to come out and play your a game every single week because everybody right. else is doing that i think the raiders played their a maybe even their a plus game and the chiefs played a c minus game yeah, yeah. The Ra- the raiders were the raiders were playing above their uh, their expectations. They they played sure. they played as good as they can, but will yeah. that? They also have limited their usual Raider blunders, mistakes, and costly penalties to a certain degree. Right. And they their defense, more disciplined like, football their, de- their defense sure. did look really good. It did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that might be the difference right there because we kind of know what the Raiders' offense is. You kind of know what Derek Carr can do, and he's not a bad quarterback. He has his. Again, when everything's clicking, they can be very good. But that defense, they were all over the place. Yeah. And yeah. They look like they're getting better as the weeks go on. And Carm just might be in a better situation that he's ever been in as far right. as, you know, you know, not maybe not having the weight of the franchise on his shoulders. Uh, he definitely had a great game on Sunday. I yeah. mean, it's probably his best game in, in a long time he've had on Sunday, so but I think it was I think it was a divisional thing. I, I think I think the, uh, the the Chiefs looked past it. They didn't come with their A game. The Raiders came in to, to, to beat them. Uh, they just, you know, they, they had the mindset, and Gruden had them ready, and, and they, they took the game and won it, and the Raiders outplayed them um, more for longer than most teams do. Uh, and, and, again, the Chiefs, whatever they're, whenever they flip the switch and start their comeback from a team that is up, outplaying them and, and come back to win the game, they just flip the switch a little too late in that game, that's all. On any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Uh, are the 49ers done until they get yes. their guys back? Yes. Uh, so Miami, eh, not really that good? No, I... You, actually, the last week you said Miami's better than we all Miami's think better, they are. Yeah, Miami's better than I think I thought that. I thought I thought that all year, and they they're, they have the potential to put up points. They, their offense can be really good. Fitzmagic is stupid. I mean, it was, it's, it's insane what that guy does. Yeah. But it's it's getting to the point in the season where he starts to drop off. It's always like right. the first he's six games, and then nothing. He's just everybody grabs him in their fantasy league, and then he'll you know, throw a nine interceptions in the next four games. <laughs> Told about the fantasy, right? But we'll he, see. Wants, he wants to be picked up mid season on everybody's uh, on everybody's so, yeah, yeah. team. So. And uh, how about the Bills? Uh, have they kind of been exposed as maybe not as good as we thought? We talked about. Who did they beat? Who did they play early on? Uh, we were, I think, we were talking about them as a legitimate three and O or four and O team. Um, have they been exposed a little bit? Yeah, I, I think they've been exposed. I think they were. Uh, I, I think they over <laughs> practiced for this game. Uh, 
I also think the fact that Tennessee didn't practice for two weeks and just had all that pent up, uh, you know. Tennessee's uh, a better team than 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 you know than, than than you think they are as well. And they are, and they are. I mean, you they couldn't like I said, you couldn't stop Dalvin Cook on Monday. Do we uh, remember Sunday. last year with Tennessee? I mean, no, <laughs> uh, you couldn't stop uh, Derrick Henry yesterday. That was he. That, I mean, he had the ball. He was getting six, seven, eight yards at least, a minimum, a carry. It was it, you know. He was blowing right through the first and second tacklers. It was just uh, every – I mean, it was him and their line, too. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Harry. The uh, uh, Tennessee's a better team than maybe everybody thought right now, but they were they were the better team last year, too. I mean, they beat the, they beat the Bills in – in the uh, in the playoffs too, well, they came yeah, on. They, they came on late last year. They weren't, you know, yeah. they weren't barn burning in the beginning of the year. So. Mike Vrabel's a good coach, and he knows how to get his team ready. Even he didn't have any time to get his team ready. They had a couple walkthroughs, and they didn't even practice for two weeks. And, yeah, I don't think that they was are. a big deal for them, though. I, I, no, I, I think I, they I think were might have helped them. They knew what they were going to do. Yeah. We're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry, right. and then when it's you know third right. and six, we're going to pass. We're so, going to give uh, the ball to Derrick Henry, and then we're going to try to play really good defense, and we're. we're we have pretty good special teams too. So, yeah. And the cameramen last night during the game too, they knew what they were going to do. They're going to keep the camera on Derrick Henry when he's running, and they're going to keep the camera on Ryan Tannehill when he throws the ball. And as soon as the pass is completed, they're going to switch to Ryan Tannehill's wife. Which so. uh, I think was an excellent call. <laughs> that was a good call. You know, Tannehill, um, Tannehill's got nine touchdowns, only one pick this year. Well, that's because of Adam Gase. Right. <laughs> uh, should we do some picks? Yeah, that's a good idea. Why don't we Why don't we uh, go to uh, Why don't we go to the picks? Beaten by the coin. Beaten by the coin. I'm sure I'll lose to the coin. No one wants to be beaten by the coin. So, uh, just to recap, last week, uh, Jersey Johnny and uh, Mr. Lugnuts both going four and one. We all lost on Tampa Bay. Uh, we all won on Arizona. Um. I went three and two because I took San Diego, and uh, but we all won on Dallas except for the coin. We all won on Seattle except for the coin, and everybody won uh, with New Orleans except for me. So uh, I went three and two. The coin two and three. The coin is terrible. So uh, Johnny leads eleven uh, three uh, total. Uh, Harry, you and I are tied at nine and five, and the coin five and nine. Look at that. So far, we are better than a random flip. And I, for one, <laughs> am going to weeks. be proud of that. <laughs> All right, so Sunday night is the Rams and the 49ers, right? Right. Anybody want to take the Niners? Nope. No, but knowing my luck, they'll win. All right. Uh, no, I'm going to uh, – let's uh, flip the old coin here. Everyone's taking the Rams. Coin says, Heads! Which is the home team, so the coin is taking the 49ers. I'm starting go. to think the coin is not very smart. I don't think the coin is very good. They are just... It's not paying attention. I think not. I'm only ahead of it by one game. <laughs> they're falling They're <laughs> falling off the table. All right, uh, we've got uh, the 5 o'clock Monday game, which is the Chiefs and the Bills. This is a very interesting matchup to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, um, because yeah, you, of all the things that we just talked about. Sure. And who wants to go first? I, I think the Chiefs bounce back and win that game. I don't. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I think uh, if, if for nothing else, they definitely, um, you know, put into perspective what the hell happened on on Sunday and and come out and just just take char- take charge of the game. When was, so, the, yeah, when was the last time Kansas City lost two games in a row? 
Right, exactly. Yeah. If, if the Chiefs hadn't lost, I would probably take the Bills. Right. Momentum-wise. Um, but uh, Kansas City needs to re-exert their dominance. The sure. worst thing that happened to the Bills is the Chiefs lost. The Chiefs, yeah. Right. All right, let's see what the uh, – so we all say KC. Let's see what the coin says. That was a terrible flip. That was a terrible flip, too. Spins and comes up tails. So uh, that uh, that game is where? That is uh, – that's in Buffalo. So they're taking Kansas City as well. There you go. Uh, Monday night game is the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Cardinals at the Cowboys. I don't know. Does anybody have any renewed confidence in the Cardinals uh, because they beat up on the high school Jets? And does anybody have any extended or augmented confidence in the Cowboys because they nearly lost to the 0-5 Giants? I would normally say I don't no, care no, no, no. about this game at all. Um, I think the Cowboys win. I'm going to say that the uh, the Cardinals take this game, uh, and that's not coming from a uh, you know a, a, a fandom point of view. I think the uh, I think the Cardinals have the tools. I think on paper they're the better team uh, right now. I'm not taking anything away from Dalton and what he can do in the fill and roll, um, but I I think the Cardinals take this game. Yeah, the Dalton factor is an interesting question. The Cardinals, even though it was only the Jets, you've got to think they're they've got some of their confidence back. Uh, sure. Probably not the swagger they had after right. starting off two and zero, and before getting uh, their uh, tails between their legs there. But uh, I'm tempted to take the Cardinals because they are coming off that win. But I think the Cowboys are gonna. I think they're just they're gonna be working extra hard to make sure that. Their backup quarterback is going to have success, and he yeah. certainly is capable of it. So I, I got to, and I'm a fan, so I got to take the boys. There you go. In so I'm alone. Let's see what the coin says. Coin says tails. So the coin agrees with Jersey Johnny, and uh, is going to take the Cardinals. There you go. And I, I, uh, what is the other game? I'm, I'm miss, I must be missing something here. Well, we have those three games, and we have the Jets and the Giants. Oh yeah, the Jets and the Giants. I forgot about that. <laughs> do we have to? Do we have to pick them? We don't have to. This, this just doesn't like make it fun. <laughs> Let's skip the Jets and Giants this week. All right, so uh, neither of us are picking either of them, and then two. <laughs> the Jets at the uh, rejuvenated Dolphins. Anybody want to take the Jets? Nope. I'm not taking the Jets now. Okay, Miami, and let's flip. All three of us, Miami. Oh yeah. <laughs> the coin comes up tails, uh, so uh, it's picking the Jets. There you go. Stupid coin. Stupid coin. And then the Giants. Who are they playing? I have no idea. I could have looked at Washington. Should have looked at this game. Oh yeah, Giants, there we go. Giants Host, are home against Washington. Hosting the football. Hosting team. the football team. A good friend of mine uh, posted uh, some some ex-player named Player. He wanted Washington to sign him, so the headline could be Washington signs player. <laughs> and then there were a whole bunch of. Uh, other uh, uh, Charles Mann, I think, was another one that came up, and uh, Ray Guy, Washington signs Guy. That was one of my favorites. I told them, I, football my, team, football team signs Guy. Yeah, football team signs Guy. That, that, right, that, that was, was like an onion article. My suggestion was Leon Washington, <laughs> and then you could have either football team signs Washington or Washington signs Washington. So that was That's some funny. little bit of fodder, but. Uh, I don't think any of those things are happening. All right, uh, so football team versus the Gents. Uh, I'm going to pick first, and I'm going to think that this is the week the Giants win. 
As much as I want the Giants to go 0-16 at this point, I got a feeling you are right. I think the Giants win this week. This game is uh, sponsored by Waste Management and Roto-Brooder. <laughs> <laughs> and the game, Jimmy Hoffa Cornerstone Company. This game is, spo- this game is sponsored by uh, <laughs> Petland Discounts on Ocean Avenue and Avenue U in Brooklyn. That's right. The, the winner of this game goes on to play Don Bosco Prep in the next round of the <laughs> high school division <laughs> one championship. Ah... Uh, I want to pick the Giants, but I also just want them to lose every game this year. I, I think Washington wins this game. Do you? Yeah, I really do. I just feel like the Giants will find a way to lose this. All right. Yeah, let's see what the coin says. Coin picks heads. So the coin likes the Giants. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. From one I got to go out on a limb, you know. From one week to another, we've got the coin picking the Jets, and we've got three out of four. Picking the New York football giants. Let's see. What else happened? NBA? Was there something going on with basketball? I... There was a championship. It wasn't uh, quite as I won. predicted. Miami was able to, to not quite to avoid the gentleman's sweep. But uh... they, yeah, they, they somehow managed to win that second game. Yeah. Well, Jimmy Butler. There you go. You called it. But, I mean, in, in, the, in the last game, he just looked spent. And then LeBron was not going to let that go to a game set. No, no, not at all. And uh, are we surprised? No. Not, no. At all. not at all. L.A. was, uh, you could say Miami has was better at playing as a team. But L.A. had LeBron and sure. Anthony Davis, who I think is destined for greatness as long as he stays healthy. And I, I think Tony Kornheiser said... Uh, LeBron and AD and 10 guys named Bob. Yeah, but here's, And that was that, enough. Here's yeah, what he's missing out of that. that, is that you, you do have guys like Kuzma. Who, when, and, the other, the other, and the games that the Lakers won, Rondo had an impact. Playoff Rondo was in full effect. And playoff yeah. Rondo was in full effect, and I think he had 19 in the clinching game. He, yeah. he was and, a big and, part of it. And, and, he's, and that's another reason why when he's on and he plays more minutes, Jimmy Butler's numbers go down because he's, he is one of those old-school defenders who can get in those passing lanes. Even if he's off the ball, he's a, he's a good defender. And they have some other good role players. Dwight Howard is the underrated pickup of the, of the NBA season. He was spectacular, especially in the series against the Nuggets. Yeah. Well, he right. They, they put him on Jokic. And, and, and Caruso, and Caruso is a pretty darn good basketball player, and, and obviously a fan favorite for obvious reasons because he's the the new incarnation of Kurt Rambis on the, right. yeah. the opposite hair style. Here, right. Here's my question, though: Was it an exciting series? Because when the Lakers won, I think one game they won by eight, but everything else seemed it was double digits, including sure. the finale. When Miami won, close games, back and forth. Although they they did one, they won one by. I think double digits. I don't know all the scores, but uh, the Miami, the Lakers wins were, you know, largely blowouts, lopsided. Yeah, to, to, it was. To, it wasn't least. super exciting. I mean, I'm sure if I was a Lakers fan or a Miami Heat fan, it would be far more exciting for me. Being a Nuggets fan, this was a great NBA playoffs. I also felt that it just what didn't quite reach what happened last year. That Toronto Raptors run, especially with the win against the Sixers, and then the them actually all the drama that happened in the finals with golden state i think last year was a much better nba playoffs this year was but i I will commend the nba for what they did 
Yeah. Um, I think that out of all of the sports teams, the NBA and the NHL did the right thing. They had a really successful playoff bubble and it wasn't, they weren't bad games. These were some good series. And I think what I take out of this is that um, you're going to see, you're going to see some new blood coming out, especially out of the West. And next year in the East with, with the Nets getting arguably one of the top two players back uh, on their roster, uh, is Boston maybe not as good as who we thought they were? What, who will Toronto add in the offseason? I think we're gonna, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. And Golden State will be back. Yeah, that's that's something we don't talk about very much is Golden State and yeah. the players they don't have playing now and the players they've lost over the last few years. Sure. But certainly, you know, what are the Clippers going to do? They're going to have a new coach, and do they do they jettison Paul George, or you know, do they try and figure out a way to make it work? And I think Denver, young, good, up and coming, they're going to be around. They're going to be they're going to be something of a force. Portland will be good again. Golden State will be back. I don't know what's going on with Houston. I, I probably the same thing. Well, John, it's more of the same until they reset. Yeah, and and again, I think I think Doc Rivers and Phillies. A good fit, a really good fit, and we'll see if he can get uh, and be motivated to, to get in shape and to uh, to take that team on his back. I think they're one or two players away. It's too bad Jimmy Butler left there because I think uh, they were a much better team, obviously, with him there. But the, the NBA is going to be pretty interesting. I mean, I still yeah. think next year, maybe the next three years, it's still going to be the Lakers to, to lose. But a healthy Golden State. Uh, who knows what Durant can do with the Nets, and and the Nets showed some interesting new parts even in their in their limited run. Um, yeah, the, they had a, be interesting. A, a, I, I would consider what they had to be a pretty successful regular season. They didn't show yeah. a lot in the playoffs, but they, they've got some they've got some good pieces there, and and you're going to have two superstars on the team. And I will yeah, guarantee you one really thing: going. next year is that the Knicks will be horrible again. Is, again, though, I, again, as if they weren't for a while, though. I mean, well, still, still, better word. Yeah, what? Well, right. What? Where do you reach the point? Yet where, again, where... Was, was I not old timey enough in my uh, declaration <laughs> of that? Now, next one, yet again, be bad. <laughs> well, well, where do? Where, what? What? Where's? Where's the turning point where you say, well, the Knicks throughout their history were more bad than they were good? In other words. When do they well, go from this was a great team that's fallen on hard times for the last thirty-five years to this is a team that's sucked for fifty-five out of their sixty years? They're still they're still over the history of the of the of their franchise been better than the Nets. Oh yeah, right. But have they been have the the Knicks good periods been well, the Knicks, greater the Knicks, than the bad? Early, periods? early on, the yeah. Knicks had the Knicks had championships. Early on in the seventies, the Knicks won two NBA championships. Sure. Uh, they were a decent team throughout a lot of the eighties. They weren't a great team, but when you have Bernard King and uh, on your team, you're at least entertaining. Uh, they, they they were one of the top two or three teams in the nineties, and 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 yeah, I would say in the early two thousands with Carmelo and Sotomayor, were they bad? No. Did they underachieve? Yes. Since 2000, in the last 10 years at least, have they been horrible? Yes. Will that change? No. It goes right back to what we were talking about earlier. Unless they change ownership, nothing will change at the Garden. Here's my only hope, is that Spike Lee finally woke up and said, I'm not supporting this team anymore. And what I would like to see is all of the major Knicks fans, all of these multi-billionaires who sit in the, sit in the stands at Madison Square Garden, boycott this team. 
if we're ever able to go see games again. Boycott this Knicks team. Don't go to the games and force Dolan to sell this team. That's the only way the Knicks are going to change. Because no one wants to play there. Because if it was 1999 or 2009 and Kevin Durant had a choice to go to the Nets or the Knicks, he would have went to the Knicks. Of course he would have. Of course he would have. That would have been a no-brainer. You know what? That brings us to the part of the podcast that we always like to do entitled Old Balls. Old Balls. Old Balls. Um, Harry, who's our Old Balls winner this week? This week's Old Balls contestant is George Blanda. George Frederick Blanda, who I believe played for 26 26 seasons. seasons over the course of 27 years. Yes, he missed one season. Yeah, he retired. I think he retired briefly for one year. He played quarterback. Obviously, he was a kicker, and he played yeah. linebacker. And um, he was forty-eight when he retired. <laughs> played till he was forty-eight. Uh, he played in both the AFL and the NFL. He played in four different decades. I think he's one of maybe three or four players to ever do that, where he actually played in four separate. Played for the Bears, the Colts, the Bears again, the Oilers, and the Oakland Raiders, where he was primarily a kicker. I think by then, yeah, he was a three-time AFL champion, a four-time AFL All Star. He was. Two times second team, one time first team. He was he was he led the league in passing in sixty one and sixty three, and um, this is something you just don't see anymore. And the fact that he just said, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm going to continue my career until I'm forty eight in the NFL," is uh, is pretty spectacular. Yeah, I mean, I don't even who knows if Tom Brady's going to beat that record. Yeah, and if Brady does, it's probably more impressive because he's yeah. a quarterback. And, well, the whole and time. I would say this is not only something that you don't see anymore. Uh, this guy's completely unique, as far as I'm concerned. There's nobody who's ever had that kind of combination, uh, along with that sort of longevity and and productivity throughout. It wasn't like the last three, four, five years. Ah, eh, we keep him around, you know, because he's. Uh, you know, the fans love him, and he kind of does a good thing or two. No, no, this guy was getting it done right up until the end. He threw Absolutely. seven touchdowns in a game, which I think is still the record. It's 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 still it's, it's tied. tied. It's been tied. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, he also, uh, you know, would, would, would make Daniel Jones very happy that he also has the record for most interceptions thrown in a single season. But that is in the AFL, though, not that the is, So there's... Yeah. there's Jones's Jones's record or possibility. Of getting that he way. just wants something to hang your Giants hat on. <laughs> exactly. he, he also exactly. won game through sixty-eight passes, and I think uh, that was broken by Drew Bledsoe, who had seventy. And he was uh, he was he was forty almost forty-eight and a half when when he played. He was the oldest player to play in an NFL game. Forty-eight years, one hundred and nine days old. And he scored over two thousand points. That that's a number I can't really ra- even wrap my head around. That's just absolutely outrageous. Absolutely, he played from forty nine to seventy five. Yeah, yeah. It's like not only did he play four decades, it's like he played almost like three, almost four like generations. Not just of football, but just of the world. I mean, think about four, from forty nine to like fifty five was a different world. From like the then, then going from the fifties into the sixties. Then going through the early 60s and the late 60s and into the 70s. It's like he had like four different careers. Exactly. In four different, yeah. very different eras. Absolutely. No one would ever, I, even if there was anyone who could put together the, the combination of the, the will and the grit and the skill, I don't think anyone would be 
allowed to do that these days. No, no, and he and he did it on some old school teams. You know, he, you know, when you play for the Bears, the Colts, the you know the the, the, the Oilers back in the early days, and then the Oakland Raiders. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like he was pampered or playing in Florida. Yeah, right. He wasn't wearing uh, the uh, the red uh, penny in the games, and nobody was hitting him. He That's was, right. That, and that was right. Very, very different NFL. Big time. And he in '61 he set a record for 36 touchdown passes. That was the most ever thrown by any NFL or AFL quarterback in a single season. But that was tied two years later in '63 by none other than Mr. Gilbert and Abraham Tittle with the Giants. And you know, teams didn't throw nearly as much as they used to. No, no, no. That that was that was why so it was the percentage. Yeah, thirty thirty six in sixty one. That's pretty. Uh, you know, I think I I think uh, Russell Wilson's going to have that in the next two games. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but in sixty one and sixty three, that was a different story then. Yeah. To, next next year, we'll see a news feed. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes scored through twelve touchdown passes today and in lost, the first quarter and lost to the Buffalo Bills seventy eight to sixty three. It was that it was the two point conversion that's that's right. It was, it'll, 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 be the new, it'll be the new four point conversion or something. Mm-hmm. If you All kick right. a field goal off somebody else's head, it counts as four, <laughs> not three. Well, there is a what is it? The drop kick. That's right. right? Yeah. If you drop kick it through the what do you oh, get yeah. for that? You get two points. Right? Johnny two and points, I went yeah. to a to a high school that 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 was still in the eighties. The way in which they tried attempted extra points. Yeah, we didn't have a field goal kicker. It was that old school. Yeah, <laughs> George Blando would have been proud. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, well, and let's not forget, of course, he's in he's in Canton. He's in the Pro Football Hall oh, of Fame. Yeah, so. of course, of course. That he should be like the one of the first things you see when you walk in that place. You yeah. know, he, this is an interesting thing. He played under head coaches Bear Bryant. George Hollis and John Madden. That think just think about those three yeah. personalities. Like those three, those three people seem like they're all from different realities. It's, it's just insane. And right, and any one of those guys could you know drive you out of the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Absolutely. you know if you rubbed them the wrong way, right, or they rubbed you the wrong way. So to be able to you know kind of survive in those environments. Yeah. That's oh. a great. That's a great old balls. There you go, old balls. George Blanda. There you George go. old balls Blanda. Old balls. Speaking of George Hollis, Papa Bear Hollis, um, he retired um, when he was seventy-two years old from coaching. So his record of being the oldest man to uh, be the head coach of a football team uh, was just beaten this past Sunday by none other than Mister Romeo Cornell. Um, really, I didn't know the, that. Yeah, the new uh, interim head coach of the uh, Texans after uh, Mr. Bill O'Brien uh, was relieved of his duties um, <laughs> last week. Uh, Romeo Cornell, who was the defensive coordinator, of course, uh, and assistant head coach. He's the new interim head coach. Romeo Cornell is 73. So Romeo Cornell now has the distinction of being the oldest person to ever, oldest man to ever uh, be the head coach of an NFL game which I'm sure in a few years will be beaten by uh, his uh, colleague, former colleague in New England, Mr. Uh, Belichick. <laughs> so just give him time. How old is Belichick now? 66? 68, I believe he is. Yeah. Yeah, he could hang on for another yeah. six years, no problem. Yeah. But, uh, but oh, yeah, Romeo Cornell. And Romeo Cornell, I mean, great credentials. I mean, he's part of the Bill Parcells coaching tree, too. I mean, all of them. I right. Mean, he, right. He, he followed Parcells around, followed Belichick around. He's won Super Bowls with Parcells. He won Super Bowls with the Giants. Uh, you know, he won bo- both the 86 and the 90 Super Bowl. He was on the Giants staff. Well, he was a head coach uh, for a while there, too, though. 
He was, yeah. He was a head coach. He was head coach in uh, uh, Cleveland, Cleveland, and uh, and the and the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs, oh, that's what it was. City. Kansas City yeah, Chiefs, okay. yeah. But yeah, he was. He won Super Bowls in uh, New England too. He was the defensive coordinator with, uh, when they won the first three Super Bowls back in the early two thousands. Um, but yeah, he's he's a good guy. He's a good coach, and now the oldest to ever be the head coach of a. Uh, it's the second time he's been an interim head coach. And I mean, just to just to continue that tree, uh, you know, around um, a colleague of his on the Texans, which was also a player for him on the Patriots, Mr. Vrabel, now uh, you know, decidedly winning that game last night as head coach of uh, the Titans. Um, yeah, the co- the coaching trees are very incestuous, but uh, <laughs> they seem to work. They seem to work. So, and yeah, Dan Quinn too uh, fired this week uh, as head coach of the uh, Falcons, and obviously uh, Dimitrov, the uh, GM. He's he's out of there too. So they got they got an interim guy. Yeah, they're a team that went downhill pretty quickly, and you could still see signs of a. I mean, let's Atlanta could easily be three and two, four and one. Yeah, no, they could be. It's crazy. But Dan Quinn, uh, Jersey guy, yeah. um, actually went to uh, went, grew up in Marstown. Dropping like um, flies, those Jersey guys. Oh, and maybe the worst thing about the NFL. I thought you said the worst thing about Jersey guys. No, the worst news about the <laughs> NFL: no Pro Bowl. <laughs> What are we going to do? Did I say that not sarcastically enough? Say it again. Try again. Try I again. think the last time I watched a Pro Bowl, Steve Largent was playing. <laughs> I don't think I watched it then either. It was before that. I think, I, I think, I think Terry Bradshaw was in the last one. Yeah, the NFL Pro Bowl where all the Half the players don't play because they're in the Super Bowl, and the other top 25 are all injured during the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Injured. The last Pro Bowl I watched was... Air quotes, uh, folks. The last Pro Bowl I watched was Tech Mobile 3. Yeah. It <laughs> wasn't even an actual game. As long as they don't uh, cancel the, uh, the, the, what is it, the Pup Bowl? What's the, the dogs? Uh, oh, the, oh, the yeah, Puppy the, Bowl, yeah. As long as they don't yeah, cancel the Puppy Bowl. You don't want to cancel that. No. Do not want to cancel that. <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Well, I think that, that brings us to the point of wrapping it up. We want to thank you for listening to our podcast this week. As always, uh, if you have listened to this through a link on our website or on social media, our website, which, again, is www.logroom.com, L-A-G-E-R-R-O-O-M.com. And, of course, our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are all at The Logroom. If you've watched it or if you listened to it off of a link uh, on one of those, you can subscribe to our podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or Stitcher. And, of course, you could just check out any podcast browser and find it. And subscribe to our feed, and you will never miss a podcast. And MySpace. And, and yes, and, and Harry Space. Yes, it's just, yeah, just so, and, It's uh, me in a crawl space with an 8-track button. <laughs> it's a crawl space underneath the city of Denver. <laughs> and uh, there's an 8-track. You just push the button, and it plays. Uh, but remember, you got to hit the program and go to the next one. But nobody knows it, what I'm talking about. So anyway. I know what you're talking about. All right. Well, I know we do. I'm saying anybody else. <laughs> Well, we're not doing this for them. This is true. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Once again, thanks for listening to the podcast. Have a wonderful weekend. Watch sports, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend, folks. Take care. Peace.